Greetings and Suilaid Alindali. You are listening to KCI in Irvine, 88.9 FM, Orange County's alternative radio station, and quite possibly the best radio station in the history of Middle Earth. Welcome to What Would Arwen Do? Broadcasting from UC Irvine, Tuesdays, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Although we will be taking a little break for the summer. I am Tani Tanuvio, the resident KUCI Middle Earth Elf. Welcome and my govanin to everyone listening, whether you're joining us live here on the airwaves of Orange County or online streaming at KUCI.org. You can contact me with questions or comments or suggestions at askanelf at yahoo.com. I would love to hear from you. And you can find podcasts and information about this show and all the public affairs programs of KUCI at www.kucitalk.org. And if you are tuning in for the very first time, you may be wondering what this show is all about. Well, if a Middle Earth elf lived today... In Southern California, in Irvine, to be more precise, what might her life look like? How would she, as a modern elf, celebrate and support the music, arts, our community, and the preservation of Earth, its beauty, resources, and creatures, things the elves care deeply about? Who was Arwen, you may be wondering, and why would we ask what would Arwen do? In J.R.R. Tolkien's mythology of Middle-earth, Arwen was an elf princess, the daughter of Elrond, a prince among elves, and the lord of Rivendell, a magical place of healing lore and wisdom, perhaps not unlike the community here at UC Irvine. Arwen embodied the archetype of a true princess of the light, a beloved daughter of the universe like all the women of this fair celestial home called Earth, or an elvish Arda. I believe Arwen, like all elves, understood the principle of noblesse oblige. With great privilege comes responsibility. In Arwen, we see courage, wisdom, beauty, a sense of humor and gaiety, and service to others. In Tolkien and The Lord of the Rings, A Guide to Middle-Earth, Colin Durias wrote, In his invented mythology of Middle-Earth, Tolkien intended that his elves were an extended metaphor of a key aspect of human nature. This, quote, elven quality in human life was a central preoccupation of Tolkien's. Elves, like dwarves, hobbits, and the like, partially represent human beings. In Tolkien's mythology, elves represent what is high and noble in humans. In particular, they represent the arts in their highest form, work done in the image of God and his created world. And I believe this Quote, elven quality exists today in every living person and yearns for expression through gifts of creativity, nobility, and service to others. So if you've been tuning in for some time, and next Thursday, uh, actually I guess it would be on f- Friday, June 22nd, which is also the day that Brave is being released, next Thursday would have been my seven-year anniversary of doing What Would Arwen Do?, But uh, I am going to be taking a little break for the summer. I have some uh, adventures coming up. um, And hopefully coming back in the fall with the proverbial elves' bells on. And 
In the meantime, though, today I'm very blessed because we get to have two hours and I have a most special in-studio guest today, Nathan McCarrick. And Nate, I'm going to say hi. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Well, um, we're going to have a few announcements. I want to say hi to Vanna listening up in Washington. I know you're feeling a little under the weather, weather, dear Elvin, sister of the heart. But um, we're sending you healing vibes and and energy, so I hope you're well. And uh, at least you get to hang out with us for a couple of hours. And to Ro, who may be listening down in Escondido, kind of getting in a little bit too, because um, I'm so excited to have Nate here. I want to spend all of our time talking about the Hobbit production that's going on even as, well, right now over at uh, in Fullerton at the Maverick Theater. But, um, you know, we always cover a few things locally and ad- our adventure report. And as far as the elf goes, well, I will be taking the summer off, but part of my taking the summer off is that I'm going to be taking training to be teaching archery. So many of you know I love and I teach yoga and I think the elves were doing yoga before it was called yoga. Um, but I also love all things that get us outside and um, getting us stronger and connecting with nature and with each other. And I love archery and Many of you know that my friend Ro and I have had uh, um, 10 years now of our adventure together of uh, with the world of Middle Earth and my life as an elf. And she is teaching archery down in Escondido now as a result of our involvement with Middle Earth. And I am going to be helping her with a kid's archery camp. So I've got to take some uh, additional training, and I'll be down there for a week. So when I come back in the fall, you have to hear all about that. If you are interested or perhaps live in the area of Escondido, you might want to check it out. Her website is thesecondarrow.com, thesecondarrow.com. And she does have classes going on. There's another session of classes through the Parks and Recreation that's coming up uh, starting, I think, in a week or so. I'm not sure if there's any space uh, available. She had three classes uh, for this last session, and they filled up really quickly. But it's open to kids and adults. And that's going to be part of my adventure for this summer. I would like to encourage you to think about doing something this summer to have an adventure, maybe... um, I don't know, take up the guitar or uh, go take some pottery classes or get your hands wet with some paint. Um, Maybe take swimming lessons or scuba diving lessons. Find some way to let your creative spirit and your creative heart out and have an adventure. You never know where it might take you. So locally, just want a few reminders to let you know what's going on. Again, the fellowship, the musical parody of The Lord of the Rings is still playing up in L.A., um, through the 20, Friday evenings through the 29th. You can find information about that at fellowshipthemusical.com. It's a roaring good time. Uh, it's a musical parody of Fellowship of the Ring. It's going to be playing at Trippany House at the Steve Allen Theater on Hollywood Boulevard in L.A. Again, you can find out information at fellowshipthemusical.com. Coming up at the Barclay Theater right here on the grounds of UC Irvine, because some of us will still be around for the summer. 
uh, July 12th through the 15th, the Screwtape Letters with Max McLean. And if you'd like to hear a podcast of an interview that I did with Max, you can check it out at uh, our website, www.kuci.org. Look at Archives, scroll down to Podcasts. And you can find it that, or you can find it through iTunes. But uh, uh, a great uh, interview. Got to spend some time on the air with Max McLean, the star producer and artistic director of the Screw Tape Letters, which is based on the novel by C.S. Lewis of the senior uh, demon giving instructions to his um, young trainee. <laughs> on how to woo those, uh, win those away from the enemy, who in the screw tape letters is God. So it's, uh, if you, and they, I believe they have something up on YouTube if you want to check that out too. But that will be here. The tickets are still available. You can get them through the box office here on Campus Drive at the Barclay Theater. Or you can uh, go online or call 949 and that brings us right to the other thing that's going on locally that I am so excited about, and that is the Hobbit play here at the Maverick Theater. Nate. That's me. <laughs> you are the director. Tell, let's get right into this. Uh, so tell us exactly what it is. It's, you know, it's like well, it's a, a Hobbit. It is a live production of The Hobbit mm-hmm. um, in as full form as one could consider it to possibly be uh, on stage. Um, it's uh, the, Our theater is, is fairly small. It seats about 60 people. Uh, oh, so it's I a very intimate experience. Um, and it's a s- small stage, too. So uh, so clearly doing a, an epic journey like The <laughs> Hobbit on a small stage uh, might seem one of the most foolish things to try to attempt. Um, but we, uh, we pull some clever tricks and... Uh, uh, really hope to grasp the the epicness that is the story. Yes. Um, I think a lot of people think that a lot of people sort of have this misconception that the Hobbit is is, a, is the children's story. They're used to like the cartoon movie, and they think it's just for kids. And uh, and you kind of don't you forget about how deep and uh, important the lessons in it are about about greed and and you know what you give up for your what you're fighting for. And uh, right. it's much deeper than uh, than anyone most people give it credit for. So we we try to treat it very seriously. Uh, it's not a a silly romp. Um, our production, oh, we, we, it's, it's a very uh, hard-hitting, hopefully good drama. It's not so. the Bakshi version. No. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's, I mean, we did it two years ago. Uh, basically, it's it a story. Two years ago was the first production of it, and it was uh, beyond sold out. Like, our, our oh. every single performance, would not, you know, we were we were turning people away, and, uh, and we said, wow. How we, long did it run, that first, the first it, run? It, uh, I think it ran for about seven, week, seven wow. weekends. Wow, and, and, and it was sold out every yeah. night? Oh, that's awesome. And, and and we, I mean, we didn't know if it was going to sell at all. We thought, you know, who knows, <laughs> opening a, a show like that, are yeah. people going to go with you on it? Or are they, they going to say, oh, come on, that, you can't do that. It's not, it's, that's not the movie. It's never going to be as good. Why bother? But no, we just got such good reaction that uh, we knew we wanted to bring it back someday. And with the movie coming out at the end of the year, we said, well, this is really our, not only is it our only opportunity to, but I mean, once Peter Jackson's version come out, that will be the definitive, <laughs> you know, Hobbit story. And right. if you try to do it afterwards, then you'll just be saying, oh, come on that wasn't right right um but it was you know it also was sort of in a in a, in in reverence to that movie coming out now that it's it's on people's minds again it's a, it's yes. a good chance to bring back our story well i think it's wonderful all of these um the different things of course um andre vienne and the theater sans fee you know they do the traveling adult-sized puppet thing and mm-hmm. we got to see that and um 
that's when Milo was still able uh-huh. to be part of the show. And in fact, he was here when we got to interview last year. That's right. Interview last year about, um, and so things were just kind of, that, was that the first run? Of uh, yep, that was our first, uh, first that was time the doing first, it. And he got to go out and see it. Uh-huh. I didn't get to, but he got to go out and see it. And he just raved about it. <laughs> oh, he was, <laughs> yes, he was. In fact, I think... I think something may have happened where he, maybe it was sold out and he was just able to barely get in or something, I, I remember too. that story, right. Um, I mean, we, we, I have more than a few unusual stories about uh-huh. it being sold out. I remember one of our closing nights, um, there was a, a woman who had come and traveled uh, like half the states to see the show, and she, but she didn't have a ticket. And, wow. And we, and we she had, just showed up? Yeah. She, and we're like, well, we don't, we can't seat you. We've already turned people away. Like, we, you know, we can't. But th- so then I realized, well, because I, I, last two years ago, I, I ran all the sound from the tech booth. Uh, and so oh. I said, well, you know what? If you want, you can watch the show with me up in the tech booth. So, and it's a really small so she came up and just watched it next to me and she asked me questions the whole time and she kind of got like a, an on-the-fly like commentary track <laughs> during the wow. course of it. So that she, was really exciting. She got like the best seat in the house. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's really cool. And so that was, la- that was last summer? That was, it, was, uh, it was in August and September of 2010, so almost two oh, years ago. almost two years ago. Oh my gosh, I can't believe how the time does fly and of course i remember um when milo got to see it last time Mm -hmm. that um he said you know that you were talking about a dvd and he was you know (laughs) i I think (laughs) i think over these two years you know he every once in a while he'll tell me i sent nate another email i hope he doesn't think i'm pestering him but um, i'm really hoping that they'll make that dvd so that you can see some of the production it's funny because i was uh i always try to make a like a a dvd of my shows just to give to the cast so Mm -hmm. they have you know as as a thank you for doing it because it's all volunteer the whole theater's volunteer um and uh and i i i put i would together the dvd as quick as i could because they wanted to see it for their cast party so i had like a i had like a ramshackle version of the dvd done by the end of our run and then i got swept up in other projects so it took me a hard long time to get back to finish the dvd and when i did i realized that we had we had filmed it over like several weekends with different types of cameras and like the the, all the edits were really it was just kind of jarring to go from like a high def camera on one to a low res camera on the other and and so like i I lost my heart in working on it it's like oh it's it doesn't it doesn't look as good as it should yeah, and I so every like uh, three or four months, I remember emailing Milo saying, "Um, oh, I'm still working on it. I'm <laughs> I'm gonna get that to you." Um, but now that now that now that this one is up, we will definitely get a better filming of it for uh, for archival purposes. Um, <laughs> well, I'm excited, and maybe you could put a little, you know, because now the big thing is, and I actually love this. Uh, I love YouTube because so, I love uh-huh. that you can put little, you know, things up there where people can kind of get a sense of it and go, you know, and then they're like, oh, wow, this like looks like it'd be really cool. I really want to go know, see that I, without giving away the whole show. I'm pretty sure that we do have our uh, Bilbo Gollum scene on YouTube somewhere. Oh, really? Because the guy who plays Gollum. Um, should I go? Should I go? Sure, yeah, for that? go for let's it. See, let's see um, if he's a, he's a, definitely a YouTube uh, so a file. So this would be, Ma- would it say Maverick Theater? Yeah, the Maverick, 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 Hobbit. Um, Gollum, I bet you those three might might pop up something. Yeah. Oh, cool. And this would be from the two years? Yeah. Maverick, Hobbit. I would oh, not be surprised yeah. if uh, if it's up there. Yeah. Yeah, you can come on. around on this side. Uh, let's see. So Riddles, that's the top one, Riddles in the Dark. That's it? it. That's it? Yep. Oh, wow, it's 11. It's 11 minutes yeah, long. Yeah, the, the Gollum scene uh, just hits just a little over 10 minutes in the show. Should we play some of it? Go, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> so my guest is Nathan McCarrick, who is the producer, director. Are you in the play uh, as I well? I am. 
<laughs> do you play? Do you play uh, Bilbao? No, 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 no. My my very good friend and another UCI alum from oh. uh, his name's Nick McGee. He uh, he got he graduated with honors in acting here in uh, 2000. Um, he plays Bilbo. He was born <laughs> to play Bilbo. I mean, really? he could not possibly be better. I mean, I oh, will be there. Great. I will unfortunately be biased when I see the movie because Nick is so Bilbo. Uh, no, he plays Bilbo. I I, I only ended up. Um, I, I do. Uh, oh, you do you have a? Do you have an elf? Are there any elves? Yeah, there are elves yep. in The Hobbit. Are you an elf? You look. You kind of seem uh, elvish. To I was me. almost an elf, but I, I ended up placing myself as a goblin because I wanted a to fight goblin. a lot. Oh, really? <laughs> I do oh. stage. Com- I do stage combat. I also do all the, the fight choreography for the show. Oh, that's um, great. So, uh, so I. Uh, I I love white choreography and I wanted to be a goblin who dies a lot. So I <laughs> so you just get killed over and yes, over again. Yes, <laughs> we have like a, the first actually two years ago when we first did it um, when it came down to the Battle of Five Armies at the end of the show. Uh, by that point, since there's so many heroes on stage, in the previously all the heroes had kind of doubled as goblins. And did you scenes. actually have thirteen uh, dwarves? No, we, we we trimmed it down to five dwarves. Okay. we made it a little easier for ourselves. But we only had four goblins to fight in the entirety of the Battle of Five uh. Armies last time, which was a little tricky. Yeah. So this this time we've got thirteen. Uh, I think we have, tw- we have twelve goblins. Ooh. Uh, and uh, but once again, yes, they die. Yeah. They die. You probably die a dozen times at right. any given point in the fight. <laughs> uh, just, you die. Run on. You die. You run off. You go run back in. You die. So I. I, I can't myself with that. And I also actually, I actually do the voice of Smog this year as well. <gasps> oh, um, wow. Which is very exciting. Oh, my gosh. So um, what do you think about um, Benedict Cumberbatch? For, uh, <laughs> well, he will clearly be better than me because... No, 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 no. <laughs> but I did, you know, because he, apparently he's going to be the voice of Smog yeah. in the movie. That should be very interesting. I've heard, I've just heard rumors that, for, that Peter Jackson is saying that their Smog is going to redefine what we expect from dragons. I'm like, oh, I'm so excited. Really? I, they haven't let out any images. Oh, I know. So. See, and that's why I'm kind of, since, I mean, when Milo was here, I loved, because he always had so much inf- wonderful information about what's going on. So I kind of thought, you know, I'm just going to approach it differently this year uh-huh. um, than I did with Lord of the Rings. In Lord of the Rings, I just, I didn't want to see anything. And, well, I didn't actually even see the movie until the uh, Oscars came out in March. Wow. And then I saw Fellowship 28 times in the theater <laughs> before the end of May. Um, but, I mean, I was like hooked from you know but anyway um so when you know we knew that the two towers were coming uh-huh. out and i actually started to read the books i did get through the fellowship and then or actually i'm not even sure if i got all of it because i thought you know what i just want to enjoy the movies i can read the books forever right and you know and it gives me lots of, and so i actually read all around i read like the, in the Silmarillion, so i got mm-hmm. the backstory and all of these things and i just loved just completely um, just come in the movies and just go, wow, what are they going to do? And it was, I was so excited yeah. when The Two Towers came out because especially my friend Ro and I were both just dying to find out what the music of Rohan was going to be because oh. Howard Shore is oh, so, so amazing. That's my favorite piece is, is the... Uh, um, the uh the when music they, when they go up to Edoras, that's uh, awesome. yes. my favorite piece in the um, whole trilogy. It's, uh, but it's so amazing, the music that he created for every different yeah. aspect of Middle-earth. Yep. And it's just like, and so we were just like, I mean, of course, we were not disappointed, but we didn't even want to, like, find out any about it. We didn't want to see, I do the, I do we didn't want to see Rohan thing. before I have, or I have anything. I kept myself away from 
I've kept myself away from any any information about the upcoming Hobbit movie because partially because I do I do the same thing where I don't want to spoil it for myself. Right. Like I I know if I'll if I see an image of them fighting in the caves, I'll remember that image and I'll know what it's going to look like. I'd rather be surprised. But also partially for the sake of producing the show, I didn't want to be uh, I, didn't, I didn't want to accidentally steal anything. Or I didn't want to be influenced right. uh, one way or the other. So I I kept myself uh, clean from the trailers that have been out <laughs> and everything. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I've kind of forgotten even like a number of the people that are playing in different roles mm. in fact when I saw that piece on oh and I'm so bad with it, it was the guy that's playing Bard the bowman uh-huh. um I went to the Hobbit book to read about, it's like, oh, what's this about? Oh, that's right, there's an archer, and, and I, I forgot, and I read this back in high school, and um, as, as I mentioned before, when I started reading it, I thought, I don't think I've read this before. <laughs> I think I may have started The Hobbit when I was in high school, but I don't think, this is all seems very new to me. So I just stopped, and uh-huh. I thought, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm just going to see the movie, because uh-huh. obviously every little thing is not going to be in the movie. And I love what Peter Jackson does with things. You mm-hmm. know, it's not J.R.R. Tolkien's um, Lord of the Rings in a sense. I mean, even if J.R.R. Tolkien was doing it today and was doing the movies, it, it, you know, it wouldn't be sure. that. Sure. And he's even like gone for a long time so but to me it's just another a whole different artistic expression of the world of you know middle earth and i love it because i love the visual i I wouldn't be surprised if he does get everything from the novel in there i mean he's doing two movies worth and it's it's so much shorter than yeah uh, than the lord of the rings is yeah maybe so i mean just that i mean when you think about so much you know, going to Rivendell and mm-hmm. then, and getting the goblins and then Bjorn. Bjorn. You know, yeah, oh yeah, and then but the Battle of Five, Mar- Five Armies and the Desolation of Smog. I, yeah, yeah. I guess there were two movies, and of course they'll probably be like two hours and twenty minutes long. <laughs> well, sure, yeah, because in true Peter sure Jackson form, a total of probably six hours by the yeah. time you're done with it. But we cover almost all of that in two and a half. So I think he's going to. I think he's going to get everything in there. So your your play is two and a half hours long. Well, with an, with intermission, it's yeah. two and a half. So each act is like two. Or 105, 110. And, and are there still tickets available if it was there someone's interested? There are still tickets available. Okay. Um, but sp- yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially later in the run. There, most people buy tickets, you know, a couple weeks ahead of time. So for the last couple weekends, there's definitely still plenty available. I, I think I think all of them still have some right now, except for this Friday night. I know it's sold out. But, it, I mean... On any given night, when you get there, it's almost always sold out. Right. I don't think we're going to have a problem with that. But if you want to buy right now, you absolutely can. Yes. Okay. And how much longer is it running? It runs until July 14th. So okay, that's five so more full weekends, including this upcoming one. Awesome. Oh, I'm hoping I can get out there for it. <laughs> I'm just dying to see it. And again, it's at the Maverick Theater. The Maverick Theater in what's downtown your, Fullerton. And what's your website? Uh, www.mavericktheater.com. And that's theater with an E-R, not an R-E. Yes. Uh, and uh, you can check out... Uh, uh, go to the website and buy stuff uh, there. And uh, the web, or the, our phone number is 714-526-7070. I hope it's 526. It might be 562. You think I should know that, right? It might be 562. I think it's 562. I always, I yeah. always mix them up. <laughs> <laughs> but if you go to www.mavericktheater, that's E-R, theater, E-R, dot com, they, you, can, yes. you can get the information. So we're going to he- hear a little excerpt from yeah. our friends on YouTube uh, <laughs> from the play from last. Uh, this was in 2010, right? Yep, that's correct. And this is uh, a scene... And tell us a little bit about what this scene is. Well, this is set it up for us. This is the uh, the riddles in the dark chapter of you the can novel. Bring your chair around. Um, and in 
this is basically the uh, the scene from The Hobbit that uh, has Gollum in it. Everyone knows Gollum from uh-huh. Lord of the Rings, um, but obviously he was in The Hobbit first. And he's only in one chapter of the book, and Bilbo has uh, found himself uh, stranded without his dwarf friends in the uh, the mines, not the mines, but the tunnels uh, underneath the Misty Mountains, and then he comes across this creature that starts... Uh, Asking him riddles. Yes, okay. So this is KUCI in Irvine, and here's a little bit of Riddles in the Dark. On and on he went, down and down. I do not know how long he went on like this, hating to go on, not daring to stop. On and on, until he was tired and then tired. Now, Bill, and certainly what you would call a tight place. But it's not so tight for him as it would have been for you or me. Hobbits are not quite like ordinary creatures. They are more used to tumbling than we are, and they do not lose their sense of direction easily underground. Also, they can move very quietly, hide very easily, and recover wonderfully from falls and bruises. All the same, I would not have liked to be Mr. Baggins' place. There are strange things living in the pools and lakes, in the hearts of mother. Mm-hmm. Bless us, precious, my precious. We guess it's a choice feast. At least a tasty morsel it would make us Oh, Who are you? What is he, my precious? I am Mr. Bilbo Baggins. I have lost the dwarves and I've lost the wizard. I don't know where I am and I don't want to. If only I can get away. What has he got in his hands? Sword? A blade which came out of Gondolin. Perhaps he sits and chats with us a bit, see? Eh, precious? Does it like riddles? Riddles? Very well. You ask first. What has roots as nobody sees? Taller than trees. Up, up, up it goes. Yet never grows. Easy. Mountain, I suppose. <laughs> Does it guess easy, precious? It must have competition with us. If we ask it and it does not answer, we eat it, my precious. But if we ask it and it answers, we does what it wants. We shows it the way out. All right. Thirty white horses on a red hill. The first they champ, then they stamp, then they stand still. Ah, 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 My precious only has six. <laughs> Cannot be felt, cannot be heard, cannot be smelt. It lies behind stars, 
and under hills, in empty halls it rears. It comes first, it follows after, it ends life, it kills laughter. Riddles in the
show you something first. Something that will help us. Yes, yes. Well, hurry up! Oh, I find it. I find it. On my birthday. keep out of it, My precious. We will put it on, yes. We will put it on. And then that little sword will be useless. Yes, useless.
Gollum was defeated. He had lost, lost his prey and lost too the only thing he ever cared for, his precious. That it, I wish I I mean, I just was I wanted to just keep going. <laughs> well, <Wow>. good. <laughs> that's I love that. You know, it's um, I forgot Milo had mentioned that there was an elf narrating, and yes. I was like, oh my gosh, there's an elf narrating <laughs> to go in. Well, uh, that was actually one of the most important things to me when we first approach a story was to have a storyteller figure um because when you read the book yes. it, it it just feels like it's Tolkien talking to you like right like, like as if you're by a fire and he's in a rocking chair mm-hmm. and he's like i want to tell you about hobbits right. and he, he has these like really quirky kind of side anecdotes that he talks about and it doesn't it's not written the way uh a, a, a traditional just straight novel is right. it really sounds like it's a, a first-hand story and yes. um and that was that was what was missing in a lot of this the scripts that we first started looking at it's uh it will uh, it will be something that i'll be sad that will inevitably probably have to be missing from the movie too like uh, i you know unless you know they have uh, old bilbo uh, narrating it the whole time or something you're wow. going to be missing out on that on that sort of side commentary that asks you to use your imagination and so uh it was really important to me that we have that storyteller figure that t- acts as sort of a, a tolkien avatar and when I first cast it two years ago, I had no clue who this person could be. I was like, really? it could be any gender, any age. In the back of my mind, it sort of was going to be you know, someone like a Tolkien, maybe an old man character. Um, but then uh, we just saw on, on, the, on, the, on the online, on the YouTube clip, her name is Kalinda, Kalinda Gray. And she, um, she's a big fan of Lord of the Rings. She's done a lot of shows with me at the theater. And she said, I, she auditioned and she had such a wonderful voice yeah. and, and presence. And She looks at, at first I thought, oh, it's Galadriel. Yeah, and that was that was very much her take on the character was to take it from sort of this Galadriel esque sort of yes. character who could narrate it. Uh, this year we actually have two um, two different storytellers. Kalinda couldn't do the entire run, so but she'd still want to do it. So mm-hmm. um, she does some nights, and the other nights there's another girl named Natalie. And, um, and and again I said, you know, Natalie, this character is up to you. However you want to tell the story, it's it's your story. So she takes it in a much more um, human like way. Like she doesn't play it as an as an elf. This year. Linda even has she has the ears and everything like she's oh, cool. full-on I'm definitely an elf yeah. whereas Natalie takes it from a more human side as a mortal yeah so oh. people come on coming on different nights might get might have a story told to them in slightly right. different ways which is um, I mean the words are all the same but right. the the emotion that each gives is is different and I think it's I think it's great to be able to do that yes well and it's very interesting because um, you know my whole thing with knowing the backstory there's and this is one of the things I love because I have heard that Peter Jackson is weaving a lot of the other elements, mm-hmm. you know, like in, well, in, even at the beginning of The Lord of the Rings, we see the whole yes. prelude uh-huh. there that shows, you know, the, the last alliance of elves and men and the downfall of Sauron mm-hmm. and Isildur and all that. Well, that's taken right out of the end of, of uh, the Silmarillion, right. the, you know, the Rings of the Power and the End of the Fourth Age. And so we, we we get a lot of these different pieces, and it's funny because a lot of people don't realize, like even with Arwen, if, if you know, because someone had said, well, they can't have Arwen in the Hobbit because <laughs> you know, Jared Tolkien didn't put well. They, but they but she though, was yeah. thousands of years yeah. old by then, yeah, well, and they went to Rivendell. Yep. Now it's very likely because. Um, Tolkien didn't mention her, but of course he wrote the Lord of the Rings afterwards. So, mm-hmm. um, but 
that she may have been visiting her uh, Galadriel in Lothlorien <laughs> during the time that Bilbo was there. Or yeah. she could be hanging around. We have Absolutely. No, I, I, mean, and, and, I know. And, and I, I would imagine much of the world might know this, but since you and I have cut ourselves off from any right. free knowledge, we can only surmise. Um, but, I mean, if you think about it... Uh, well, Galadriel is in the movie. She is? Yes, okay. we, do, we do know that. Um, and which I was very excited to find out. And now, I don't know. I uh, We had talked about maybe, because I was going to play the trailer, but I, I'm, I don't, I, I'm kind of reluctant to, <laughs> since you've spoiled. been so good, to not have to see anything. And I mean, I'm going to see the trailer eventually. You are? At some before point, the movie? At some point, I'm going to be seeing some other movie in theaters, and they're going to oh, play the, right. and I can't go running out of the, out of the halls to avoid okay. it. Okay. <laughs> because it's very interesting to me to, to hear some of, um, the things that you're sharing and mm-hmm. with your wanting to bring the Hobbit to the stage and even this aspect of the uh, having a narrator uh-huh. it's like oh d- he doesn't know what Peter Jackson has in mind so I, I think it's gonna it would be very cool um, so do you wanna let's do it let's, do let's the break tra- it yay okay so <laughs> swing around here okay we're this is a uh, Tani Tenuviel, I'm so excited. And this is What Would Arwen Do on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and streaming live at KUCI.org and through iTunes. And my special guest today, Nathan McCarrick, the producer-director of The Hobbit Play, which is currently playing at the Maverick Theater in Fullerton. Tickets are still available. And it will play, be playing through the middle of July. You can find out more information at www dot maverick theater that's theater with a t-e-r on the end maverick and there is a little teaser on youtube what 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 did what were the words we put we typed in? in maverick golem and hobbit hobbit and yeah that got us that scene and oh amazing so let's see we got the hobbit trailer and i'm so excited i get to see <laughs> actually at work uh, a couple of days ago a friend of mine because we were talking about different things he said oh i saw the hobbit trailer i'm like oh wasn't it when he's like wow it just I'm, i can't believe they finally you know that it just came out and i'm like no <laughs> it actually came out last december he's like what <laughs> yep. you're kidding me so uh let's see here's the official trailer so let's get this all um Oh, I can't wait to see what you think about this. <laughs> My dear Frodo, you asked me once if I had told you everything there was to know about my adventures. While I can honestly say I have told you the truth, I may not have told you all of it. Bilbo Baggins, I'm looking for someone to share in an adventure. I can't just go running off into the blue. I am a Baggins. Wait! of Baggin. Bilbo, allow me to introduce Phoebe, Kibi, Boyan, Loin, Darlin, Barlin, Beffa, Bofa, Bomba, Dory, Nori, Nori, and the leader of our company, Thorin Oakenshield. Far over the misty mountains cold to dungeons deep and caverns old the pines were roaring
will I be responsible for his fate? Tell the truth to tell when you come back. Can you promise that I will come back? No. And if you do, you will not be the same. My name is Bilbo Baggins. Baggins. What is that? Baggins. Precious. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> pretty amazing, yeah. huh? <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna be good. So, are you um, sorry that you kind of? No, I'm glad I waited. I'm glad okay. I waited. Because, uh, like, well, even like, I mean, are you glad? Was it okay to see it? No, no, it was great. It was great. But even, even like the like the song, the the the, the, the Misty Mountain Mountains Mountain song. Because uh, we have that. I mean, we do that song. And, oh, you do? Yeah, and it's it's kind of the first like really heavy moment of the show because it starts yeah. off and you know and Bilbo's in his cha- you know Bilbo's hanging out and Gandalf comes by and all the dwarves fall in through the door and it's kind of funny and then we've got this. I mean, ours is a you know it it, it oh, it's only about thirty seconds, but all you know all of a sudden we take it down a notch and these guys just start singing and the nights get darker and we get pulled into this world it's, it's like so I, you did it like almost this very yeah. similar so, to what Peter and even, and even on it like the first uh, the first lick of it like we actually our songs sound some, somewhat similar there ends uh, up going a much into a much more dirgy sort of yeah. uh, funereal place uh, where ours is uh, ours is, keeps a little bit more upbeat but I'm, I'm glad I didn't hear it or else I would have been like do it like that guys yeah. <laughs> and I wouldn't want wouldn't wanted to do that but yeah. oh it's very cool I'm uh, so excited too that um, um, because I have to say, you know, when all this was happening, I was like, okay, I love Howard Shore, I love what he does, but, mm-hmm. you know, bef- with the other movies, we had more, like, kind of romantical, magical kind of things, you know, like the music of Rivendell sure. and uh, Lothlorien, and it's like, how how is he going to do the music of the elves and of these things without making it too, you know... Dirty, but right. I mean this is, but it's still, it's just magic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then of course we've got um, uh, Gandalf in there with it. Got the little thing with the necromancer. Right, I know. I've, I've heard on. about that because he he takes now, do off. Now you have the necromancer in yours. He is not even. I think he's mentioned once in the Hobbit. Very, yeah. very in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I believe it's Im- implied that that's where uh, Thorin's father is being held. That the Thror is being held in the caverns of the necromancer, and that's where Gandalf gets the the oh, map and the ring. Yeah. So I'm kind of curious if we're going to see that in the same sort of prologueish way. If the if the movie uh, will start yeah. with Gandalf finding Thror and Gandalf getting the map and the key and then moving on. Well, and it's interesting because um, it, they do they do say that um, it's going to be narrated. So I can't remember. I mean, that was Ian Holm there as, yes. as old Bilbo starting. Yeah. So I wonder how much of that will And they're keep. bringing Elijah in for some aspects of it, I hear. Uh-huh. So I think he... Because, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not exactly sh- Anyway, uh, to me, that was just enough. Yes. You know, it, just yeah. two uh, two minutes and 27 seconds. And I feel like, you know what, that's all I really Absolutely. need. I'm glad they didn't show. I'm glad I didn't see Troll. I'm glad I didn't see the goblins. I'm glad I didn't see, uh, you know, any, the great goblin. or bard. Yes. Or, yeah. And also, um, just... Uh, I mean, obviously, Rivendell is going to be very similar to it was in Lord um, of the Rings yep. because it's the same Rivendell. Yep. Um, 
but they've got you know another elf that they're uh, bringing that Evangeline Lilly is playing. Oh, I heard about that. That's right. Yeah. Maybe she, I wonder if she goes south with uh, with Gandalf. I don't know. I and I don't even want to know. Like <laughs> I just because I loved the things that um, Peter Jackson did in the movies. Mm-hmm. I you know a lot of people that whole scene with with Arwen you know shows up and um, you know phases off with the Nazgul and takes Frodo back. Yeah. That's not in the books. That right. that was actually Glorfindel. I think it's perfect yep. for Arwen. So in my <laughs> little universe of Middle Earth is like, no, it was Arwen. You know, Glorfindel got a, you know, a headache or something. <laughs> but if it would have been Arwen, it would have exactly, it was true to character, would have exactly right. played out exactly that And then way. we couldn't all go buy Hot of Fangs to hang on our walls, so we clearly need that I scene. I know. <laughs> and, well, and I appreciated that Peter Jackson brought some, you know, kind of brought some of the female roles to the forefront. Yeah. Because, I mean, it is a Hobbit tale. The tale is about, you know, Frodo and Sam, but all these other characters are uh-huh. very key yeah. in the stories. You know, Eowyn, you know, Arwen, even though Arwen is not mentioned, you know, I mean, she and Aragorn usher in the fourth age. A lot of these things are yeah. taking place um, and the elves leaving and her staying in Middle-earth. These are all things that are woven into the story, even though they're not in the front forefront because the story's about the ring, right. you know, and about, you know, Frodo and Sam's thing. Well, in The Hobbit, the, I don't think there's any females in the entire I story know. so it, i mean he's got to find some way to sneak him in like right. like i mean like well, when I gladriel's, yeah. gladriel's there uh, like when I, when I mentioned that we got kalinda's storyteller even when, when that happened i was like good we needed a girl in the cast we <laughs> needed, know, we needed we something like something pretty things. to look at every, you know every now and That's then right. with all these big hairy dwarves to stare yeah. at the whole show well and obviously gladriel was around during that time yep. it, you mentioned you know how it'll be interesting to see if they have like a pro, you know a prologue thing which which they could do for one, or they might do it on two. Like, okay, oh yeah. So they like had the then the fellowship of the ring. They had the preload mm-hmm. there, and then yeah, in Return of the King, they go back and show the whole thing of how Gollum, yeah. you know, kills um, Smeagol, kills Deagle, and you know all of that thing. So some of what they could do with the Hobbit, you know, obviously there was the White Council that had met and Galadriel. Rec- you know, recommending Gandalf, but they decided to go with Saruman, and so there's a lot of that there's kind of interesting, you know, backstory. And then he could thing. also, like, like he's done, he could also add as much as he wants to, because you know that Strider's alive, he's, you but know, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's younger, old, but yeah, he's... Yeah, he's only like six or seven. Is he six? I thought he would... Yeah, he's... How much early does it take? I thought he was around, he's around 80 during Lord of the Rings, right? Right. Um, I did the timeline thing. I didn't bring it with me, but I think at at this he's point, yeah, ah. he's yeah, he's very young. Well, yeah, he's still very young because uh, Bilbo comes back and um, has the ring for like sixty years, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's pretty young, <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but he's still around. And Arwen, of course, is is full grown, and Legolas too. Yep. So Legolas is yep. you know Legolas, and he was from Mirkwood. So. Um, how our time flies. This is KUCI in Irvine. What would Arwen do? I am Tani Tanuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth elf. My special guest today is Nathan McCarrick, the producer-director of The Hobbit Play, currently playing at the Maverick Theater in Fullerton. You can get information at www.mavericktheater, T-H-E-A, maverictheater.com there are still tickets available and we're going to play a little bit of music um, when we come back and then I have a couple of little you know top of the hour announcement things to do because today we get to have 
two hours, <laughs> and this will uh, finish up podcast one, which will be up on our website at kuci.org, and there will be part one, and there will be part two, because we get to have two hours today, so I'm <laughs> very excited, and I'd like to talk to you a little bit about the making of the Hobbit sure, play, and to. also, because you are an alum of UC Irvine. That's correct. And I would love for you to share some words of encouragement to any <laughs> of those theater and art majors out there <laughs> oh, that uh, know you don't have to give up hope and go get a degree in business. You can actually <laughs> be living your dream, that right? True. That is true. <laughs> so... You know, let's just have some let's just have some Shire music and this will take us into the next hour. And this is from the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring, the complete recordings, which I'm so excited because of course when the Hobbit movies come out we'll have the soundtracks. Yep. And then of course we'll have the complete recordings. This one took several years, quite a few years, actually, for the complete recordings to come out. But um, in the original soundtrack, they didn't have Flaming Red Hair, which is the dance oh. at uh, Bilbo's party uh-huh. where Frodo, um, you know, Sam's, he tells Sam to dance, go dance with Ro- Rosie. And he says, oh, I think I'll just have another ale. And he says, oh, no, you don't need Pushes him out on the dance floor. Now, so, did, did you get to go see when they did the orchestral uh, accompanying? I did. Uh, I, yes. I didn't make it to that, and I'm sure it was amazing. You know, I my understanding is that they are going to be doing it for all three movies. That's what I've heard. So hopefully in the fall, yes, Milo and I and Ro all got uh-huh. to go. Uh, and it so was jealous. amazing. Up on the big screen, yeah. the Fellowship movie. Uh, extended digi- edition with the full orchestral. Uh, it was Magical. I think I was like at a wedding or something, yeah. something that I couldn't get out of. Yeah, well, you'll probably definitely want to go <laughs> to the Two Towers because of, you know, our love for the, mu- all the music of Rohan. Yep, that's where my favorite what, stuff is. Yes. Oh. oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay, so uh, this is KUCI in Irvine. We're going to have a little bit of music from Middle Earth from the Academy Award-winning music of Howard Shore. And then we will be back in just a few minutes with part two of the last segment for this uh for the uh before we take a summer break of what would arwen do i am tawny tenuvio hope you'll stay with us and here is music from the shire (laughs) 